Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by one day Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Super Bowl 57 was an instant classic. The Kansas City Chiefs lifted their second Lombardi trophy in the last four seasons. And this show finally has a Hall of Famer. Welcome, everyone, to Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Kruk, joined, as always, by the New York Giant legend, Tiki Barber, and Super Bowl 37 champion and new NFL Hall of Fame inductee, Rondé Barber. Man, Rondé, we gotta, we have to start there. E- oh, hell yes. Props. <laughs> That hat is money, man. This honor has been long overdue, my man. Can can you put into words just what this journey has been like and and what it felt like when Derek Brooks showed up at your door to give you the great news? Uh, Not really, but I can tell you that it's not unexpected, but is it immensely humbling? I've been telling people for, we've known for a couple of weeks, but that it's believable and unbelievable at the same time. And you finish your career in the NFL and it's a, it's hall worthy. You still don't know that you're going to get the call. One of my fellow 2023 inductees, Ken Riley, his son was there. He died in 2022, but the guy finished with 65 interceptions and it took him 31 years to get in the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. So it's never an immediate or a satisfying thing for some guys because it takes time, but my time was short comparatively, and I'm, I'm happy to be there. Hopefully, I'm sitting next to, virtually, a guy that'll be in <laughs> sooner rather than later, because now that I'm in, I get the platform to champion Tiki freaking Barber. Yes, sir. <laughs> Only three guys have numbers like Tiki, and two of them are already there, so... Yes, it's great for me. It's great for my friends and family. Obviously, Tiki's, I think he's kind of excited for me, but I can't really tell. As <laughs> of course I'm excited for you, dude. I know he's got a tinge of jealousy because unlike everything else in our life, I oh, did something you too. first. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, Tiki, this definitely had to be an emotional time for you as well. I mean, how special was it for you to to be there and be a part to see your twin brother get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, unlike Rondé, and he hasn't quite been inducted, he's just been announced. That'll happen 
in the first yeah, weekend right. in August around the Hall of Fame game and then obviously the Hall of Fame ceremony, which I don't even get to speak at. Just narrating a video these days. That's, that's all our predecessors talking too damn much. They needed that Apollo cane to yank people off. Just think, go for Play that music. Right. But look, unlike Rondé's um, humble conversation, talking about being humble, this was an inevitability. If you know football and if you followed the evolution of football, there was one defensive player who changed his position kind of like LT did. It's not the level of LT with, you know, needing left tackles to protect the quarterback's blind side. But as Rondé and I talked about a lot last week, a nickel cornerback is in the Pro Bowl these days. It's a position these days. When Rondé came in the league, that wasn't the case. Cornerbacks didn't have 100 tackles seasons. Rondé had seven of them. Cornerbacks didn't, you know, sack the quarterback. Rondé has almost 30 of them. Yeah, over 30 of them. Cornerbacks don't score as many touchdowns as kick returns and block punts and interceptions and fumble returns. Like, it was unprecedented, his statistics. The challenge, uh, which was, is now my challenge that Rondé is going to take on, thank you, brother, is that nobody (laughs) wants to talk about it. If, If you don't talk about it, it's never going to happen. So they finally got into the room as a finalist and talked about Rondé, and it was an Again, an inevitability. It was overwhelming, the presentation, when it was given the right way. Yeah. Well, I think uh, this show, Betting with the Barbers, had a big key in it. You know, this is only season two. And then we just came out and we got one done. Now it's time to get the other guy in. That's the goal. Um, Guys, unfortunately, I wasn't there to celebrate with both of you, but I heard the Superbook party in your honor, Rondé, was, was off the charts. And I mean, really, anytime you're involved in a party, good times will ensue. So I, that's not a shocker, but how was the celebration, guys? It was, uh, I had to be uh, carried to, uh, uh, to the car, and yes. uh, the burger saved me at 3.30 a.m. Great <laughs> party, Kristen Mackey. Uh, my friends had a great time. We had a great time. It was, it was a phenomenal week. It was a hectic week. It's crazy. I think it's, sure. I, and I, they've warned me, it's only going to be more crazy from here until August uh, until I'm officially uh, a Hall of Famer and put my gold jacket on. But I cannot thank my Superbook sports people more for the weekend that they provided. And uh, we got to enjoy it. That's the way I expected it. And we enjoyed it. Yeah, the party was loud. It was long. I was tucked into the cut for most of it. (laughs) I was was like, look at all these crazy ass people. Then Coach Brable shows up. And he's pounding oh, beers with his buddies. I'm like, all right, I guess I got to get up and have a beer with Coach. Ronnie's out there dancing with Mackie. I'm like, what the yeah. hell is going on here? This is this a great throwdown party. I loved it. I love it, guys. Well, the party and Super Bowl 57 did live up to the hype. Uh, let's recap the game quickly, guys. You know, highlighted by the two-star quarterbacks really delivering with Mahomes and Hurts combining for seven total touchdowns in the third highest scoring Super Bowl of all time. Eagles up 10 at halftime when Kansas City storms back, scoring those touchdowns in their first three possessions of the second half to become only the second team in NFL history to come back from a double-digit halftime deficit to win the Super Bowl. To put that in perspective, teams going into halftime with a lead of double digits entering Sunday's game, they had a 26-1 and record in Super Bowl history. So amazing comeback by the Chiefs. Before we hand out our winners and losers from the big game, let's get your overall thoughts on what was a truly entertaining Super Bowl. 
Tiki will give you the honors. Oh, yeah, it was definitely epic. I mean, it was everything you would have expected from the two best teams in the NFL really all season long, one defensively and offensively. Another one, obviously, with the Kansas City, the best offensive team with the MVP. And, you know, the, the overall, the big arching takeaway is that Pat Mahomes is the new quarterback of our generation with two championships and two Super Bowl MVPs, held two regular season MVPs now. He is beyond reproach. I mean, we're, they were joking. He's already in the Hall of Fame, speaking of the Hall of Fame. And yeah. to be honest, he could play another eight years and never get there again. And that would probably hold true. But I have a feeling that they'll be back as long as Andy Reid and that coaching staff is there. The funny thing about this game is that we build it as a defensive battle for the Philadelphia Eagles. They were going to get their path home. They were find a way to disrupt them. Hassan Reddick was invisible. That defensive rush was invisible. Now, I know a lot of people wanted to chalk it up and say, oh, it was Steve Spagnola, the Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator, who kind of flipped the switch in the halftime adjustments. It really wasn't the case. Really, the uh, only thing that happened is that the Eagles did not score on one possession in the second half. And that changed the tenor of right. the game. Uh, there was so much going on in this one. It was a fun one to watch. And we can get into the minutia. In a little bit, but my overarching feel was one possession makes a game, and Pat Mahomes, he's the freaking man. <laughs> I would say one possession made the game, Tiki, and it was the possession in which Jalen Hurts dropped the ball and they scored. There's always yeah. that one point where something changes, and up until that point in the game, I thought Philadelphia was going to run away with it. Yeah. And then that touchdown brought it back to even. Turn and obviously, Philly went into, the, into halftime with the lead, but I told you guys, in today's NFL, it's not about defense. It's about the guy on under center and can he force his will on a game. And Patrick Mahomes has done it over and over and over again. He has a will not to lose. It's not just playing a game for him. He is playing to win. Every single possession in the second half, they scored. Every single one. And yeah. they could have scored a touchdown on every single one except for Jerick McKinnon, astutiously. Slid down short of the goal. Yeah, brilliant. That was a play. Because the only the only thing that beats you in the NFL is time. You only ever run out of time if you're the opposing team. And they well played it very well. Andy Reid is a genius as a coach. He used all that motion, yeah. all that trying to identify defenses. Two of their touchdowns in the second half were like layups. Like Same anybody play too, could have caught that. So I probably could have scored on those. Right. Right. On those plays. Rhonda, you, you bring up something very important. If Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble that ball on that, there's a horrible sequence for change Stike in the offensive coordinator. That's third and fourth down. If he doesn't yeah. fumble that ball and Nick Bolton picks it up and scores a touchdown, and they're up by three scores at that point going into halftime, they're up by three right. scores. The Kansas City Chiefs will not have enough possessions to beat them. So you're right. I was talking about the Eagles not being able to score on one possession in the second half, but if they don't fumble that ball and give it away to the Kansas City Chiefs that resulted in points with no time going off the clock, the Kansas City Chiefs are not going to have enough possessions out of the four. They can score four touchdowns in the second half. And the Eagles just had to score 10 points. They are not winning that football game. So that's the one, you're right, that made the difference. I give credit to Steve Spagnuolo and how he kind of j- muted just enough one of the best offenses in football. Jalen Hurts had a great game. His 300 yards passing, he was their leading rusher. I think we all got a glimpse of what the future of the NFL is going to look like in this game. There's going to be mobile quarterbacks like Mahomes. 
And there's going to be mobile quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts that do a little bit of everything. Jalen Hurts is the all-everything quarterback. Obviously, you hope that he stays healthy throughout his time doing this. But guys like him and Baltimore's quarterback and Lamar Jackson and guys that can do just enough passing the football but give defensive headaches by being able to run and scramble, that is the future of the NFL. But in this one game, Patrick Mahomes on a bum-ass ankle showed everybody that it's more than just X's and O's and what the flip card looks like that's going to win a Super Bowl. He literally willed his team to win. He has a mildly good supporting cast, but he is phenomenal. And he is his phenomenon, I think, is we're going to end up at the end of the day saying this is one of the best quarterbacks that ever played the game. Yeah, I think he needs to thank Rihanna for uh, her long halftime show because he goes in after he got that angle tweaked again. He comes out like uh, he was fine, um, comes out. And he goes 13 of 14, 93 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, there's your MVP. Well, we were expecting an epic showdown and between the AFC and NFC's number one seeded teams. And that's exactly what we got, guys. So Super Bowl 57 going down is one of the best. But with every winner, of course, there has to be a loser. So and now it's time to hand out our winners and losers from Super Bowl 57. We got to go with the Hall of Famer first. Rondé, give us your awards. My winner is very easily Andy Reid. Andy Reid has so many wrinkles that he can throw in. He's a genius in creating space for players. Sky Moore was instrumental in this game on two or three plays. Kadarius Toney was instrumental in this game in like three or four plays. Guys that you wouldn't necessarily say are going to be important in a Super Bowl because they didn't have great, huge roles during the year, but he put them in position to make plays that mattered. To me, that's what defines Andy Reid. Talked about his little wrinkles, right? He's got two weeks to prepare. He can look at a defense and know that they're pass-centric with their four-down rushman, and he'll take advantage of you. I think that's exactly what they did. Loser? It's hard to pick a loser in this game. I mean, you could say refs because, you know, they called that pass interference on uh, James Bradbury, but James Bradbury admitted afterwards, yeah, I, I held him. I was trying to get away with it. Either one of these teams could have won this. You know who the real losers, though, are for me? I got recognized in the second quarter as being a Hall of Famer, and I got booed. So the Philly fans, they're my losers today. (laughs) Who gets the last word? That's what I'm talking about. I agree. Rondé, by the way, to co-sign what you're talking about, Andy Reid, Jonathan Gannon is all zone. That's all he does. I can get home with four. They didn't get home. But you know the tendency that they recognized and they took advantage on twice with first Kadarius Tony and then Sky Moore. It was the same play, which Andy Reid somehow claimed is called corn dog. I don't actually believe what it is. You can short, it looks like jet motion. Jet motion is when a receiver goes across the formation. It looks like jet motion. You got Eagles cornerbacks both times flying across the ball. All the receiver does is stick his foot in the ground, come back out. It's, it's the easiest pitch and catch you'll ever throw. Scored twice on the same play because Andy Reid knew that Jonathan Gannon, despite being a heavy zone defensive coordinator, was going to play man in a very tight red area. That is above the X's and O's preparation for situational football. All these years we've talked about Bill Belichick being this great situational head coach. Andy Reid is right there on par with him. And I got to tell you, 
Andy Reid's coaching tree, and when it's all said and done, is going to be better than Bill Belichick's coaching tree. I know that sounds blasphemous, but that's fact. That's going to happen. My winner and loser is actually the same person, and that's Jalen Hurts. Let's be real. Jalen Hurts should have won the MVP in a losing effort in this game. He had 304 yards, awesome touchdown to A.J. Brown. He read the tendencies of the defensive backfield of the Kansas City Chiefs. He let his big baller go get it wide receiver, go get it. It was a huge play. But he also rushed for three touchdowns on the ground. You talk about willing a team back into a game and into a lead. That was Jalen Hurst. And if you would have had, I don't know, another minute and 10 seconds because the Kansas City Chief kicked the field goal instead of getting, you know, run down the clock because James Bradbury had a holding call in a under two minutes left in the back of the game, Jalen Hurts might have been able to will this Philadelphia team really to a victory. He's also the loser because of what we already talked about. He made one mistake. Crucial. The one mistake. One mistake. You never know in a game of this magnitude what's winning and what's losing football. He Mm. played 99% winning football except for one play. And that was the fumble that was returned for a touchdown. So he's a winner and loser because he easily could have walked off that field as the maybe most improbable Super Bowl winning quarterback MVP in NFL history from where he was drafted and where his career started. Great point. Uh, I like them both. Uh, I'm going with the Kansas City offensive line as my winner. I mean, I thought this game would be decided in the trenches and it was, but it wasn't the vaulted Eagles defensive front that was the key. It was that Kansas City offensive line who who protected Mahomes all game long, had only one penalty. That was amazing. And, and then the huge stat, of course, no sacks. They shut down Hassan Reddick, and Philly's pass rush was absolutely a non-factor. So that's my winner. The loser, I could have easily gone with. Eagles running back Miles Sanders, who flat out disappeared in this game with 16 yards. But then you would just think that I was bitter that uh, I didn't win his over-under rushing prop, which is probably true, guys. But um, completely different direction. The biggest loser to me was the field in Arizona and State Farm Stadium. What in the world? How does a surface that has grown in pristine conditions that's rolled into the stadium Basically looked like an ice rink for the biggest game in the sports world. I mean, completely unacceptable. And what's even worse, guys, is we saw this in the uh, college football playoff game between TCU and Michigan. Same field. You know what what kills grass? Paint. Paint. A lot of paint. Yeah, they were slipping on every logo, weren't they? Period. Heavy paint. AstroTurf. Heavy paint. paint. Grass. You know, you know, I got a, I got a sneaky winner of this game, and it was Brianna. My daughter came to this game. She flew in from, from she was money, and she wanted the only reason she was there. She got to meet some great guys and players in the suite at the Super Bowl. She talked to Dak Prescott for a long time, and uh, the winner was Rihanna. I was totally expecting yeah. her to have a side act. I swore Jay Z because he was there was going to come out and sing with her. And then at the end of the show, it's like she didn't need Jay Z. No, she killed it (laughs) and teased everyone. I mean, the Super Bowl party I was at, everyone's like, who's it going to be? Who's the special guest? 
right here. <laughs> I loved it, man. Well, and I'm, I'm going to talk to Jake with State Farm, figure out uh, something to do with that field. I don't know. Uh, good stuff, guys. And as always, it's never too early to look ahead to next season. Superbook already has next year's future odds to win Super Bowl 58 and to capture the conference titles out. Check out Superbook.com and make sure that you are downloading the app. All right, guys, let's talk about these futures. Beginning in the AFC, The not surprisingly, the Bills and Chiefs once again have the shortest odds to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. They are both sitting at 7-2. to two followed by the Bengals at 11 to 2, Ravens and Jaguars sitting at 12 to 1. In the NFC, Eagles and 49ers have the shortest odds to win the NFC title at plus 340, followed by the Dallas Cowboys at 7 to 1. And how about this? The Detroit Lions. Yes, I said the Lions, the only NFC team to never play in the Super Bowl. They are at 10 to 1 uh, after, you know, finishing the season on that incredible run. As we look at the Super Bowl odds, Buffalo and Kansas City, the shortest odds at 6 to 2, followed by the Eagles and 49ers 8 to 1, Bengals at 10 to 1, and the Cowboys at 16 to 1. All right, let's get your thoughts. Tiki, we'll start with you. Yeah. What team has some maybe some good value odds or has your attention going into well, next season? Well, you just mentioned one, mentioned one. I am an enormous albeit biased fan of Dan Campbell. He was a teammate of mine. He did all of the dirty work for a tight end. This was in the evolution of the tight end. When Jeremy Shockey came into the league, he was a mismatched nightmare, but we still ran the ball a ton. And our blocking tight end was Dan Campbell. He plays mm. with a hard nose. He coaches with an extremely hard nose. And that team has the culture to do something really, really, really good. And at 10 to 1, I think that's a great value, especially in a division that could lose Aaron Rodgers, uh, that other, the Chicago Bears still have some ways to go, and Minnesota are paper champions. We know that. They got, they got very lucky in close games, one-score games. As we all know they were undefeated in the regular season. That's bound to flip at some point. And so I like Detroit at 10-1. to 1. But for my value, the NFC East is gotten a little bit easier. Jonathan Gannon, who we were just mentioned, a defensive coordinator, he left the Philadelphia Eagles. He's now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, who was uh, one of the instrumental parts behind Jalen Hurts' evolution, he's now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I don't love Dallas. Washington still got to find a quarterback. And at 4,000 to 1, that's the Giants right now, to get to win a Super Bowl, I'm putting my money on my home team. Let's go Giants. (laughs) There you go. I'm not taking my bucks, by the way. We don't have a quarterback signed yet. If Kyle Trask is it, maybe he's developed. But no, I'm not talking 60 about 60 to 1 odds right now. You know, who I, you know who I really like? I really like the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't care what their odds are right now. They have the quarterback. They have all their receivers uh, in, in their running game. And I know that they play defense the way winning teams play defense. And it's not spectacular. But they have a, a they have a, a coordinator. They have a philosophy on defense that will always keep them in games. They were just a bit short, right? Like this, this easily could have been Cincinnati's year. I think if they get in the Super Bowl, they probably give Philadelphia just as good as a game as Kansas City did because they have the quarterback to do it. It's stupid to pick Kansas City, Buffalo, and Philly on the long money at this point. Yeah. But that's the team, Cincinnati, and I'm very curious. 
about Miami. I felt like Miami were close with the rookie coach, but not quite there. And if he's as good as I seem to believe he could be, especially if he gets players to continue to buy into him, the Dolphins and healthy Tua, I mean, halfway through this year, Tua was MVP candidate, man. Mm -hmm. And I know it's dependent on his health and whether or not he can play through his concussions. But whatever Miami's lines are, they have to be attractive, especially if you're a Florida person because, you know, we don't get to bet here because it's not legal yet. But uh, <laughs> you can go out and find a way to bet on these guys. They, To me, they are the attractive ones. Right now sitting at 30 to 1 odds, Rondé, to win the Super Bowl. I'll take it. I'll take and it. And 35 to 2 to win the AFC championship. So good. I like that. A, a team definitely to keep an eye on. I, I guess I enjoy picking teams that have never won a Super Bowl and apparently enjoy losing those picks and getting them wrong. But I'm kind of like those paper champions, Tiki, in the uh, NFC at 18 to 1 odds for the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, we know they have the, the weapons on offense and they just really need to bring that defense up to par. I think their new defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, will bring some right. of that uh, aggressive style defense. They need to make some additions of free agent and then in through the draft. But I think 18 to one odds to get to the Super Bowl. I, I kind of like those odds. And then on the other side, as I was looking through on, on the AFC, 12 to one Jacksonville Jaguars. You got, you know, Trevor Lawrence continues to evolve. You got Doug Peterson has proven he can get it done. Uh, I think their defense can be a problem. So I think they might make a little run in the AFC. I like uh, taking the Jags, man. Who would have ever thought yeah. at 12 no, the Jags to have one. a ton of talent. They have a ton of talent offensively with ETN and Zay Jones and the receiving core. But Mike Caldwell, who Rondé knows, their defensive coordinator, he's, yeah. he's quiet and he does he's unassuming. And you wouldn't think that he's like that dude, but he is that dude. Yeah, I he, needs, he needs to find some edge rushers and they'll be there. Trust me. Yeah, you're right. Great points. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, as we wrap up another episode, uh, some some news going down. Uh, uh, the Raiders have released Carr. He's a free agent. So many big storylines going in to next season. Where will Lamar be? And he's <laughs> taking over in Tampa. Is that what you're saying up there? Jimmy Garoppolo going to Tampa. That's where it's going. <laughs> That's what are the odds on where these guys are going? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting ready to go into a, They're, I don't know, yeah. meditative, hallucinogenic. <laughs> uh, what are the odds he comes back? <laughs> Derek Carr, honestly, is the most interesting guy to me. I agree. I feel like he still has some upside, and wherever he goes, he's going to change the culture for because right. he's just a consummate professional. You'll take him down in Tampa, Rondé? Yes. We'll take anybody with experience. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, guys. A great job. Um, as always, that's going to do it for another episode of Betting with the Barbers. A great season. Couldn't have done it without our viewers and listeners and all uh, of your support throughout the season. It's been a lot of fun. So many people to thank to make this show possible. Of course, our vice president of marketing, Kristen Mackey, our producer extraordinaire, Mike Rigg, uh, editor and producer, John Hogland, uh, editor and producer, Louis Donofrio, everybody at the uh, Superbook team. We couldn't do it without you. And, and you two weren't bad either. You did pretty yeah. well. 
we held our own. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, You're truly. the best, man. Thanks for guiding us throughout this uh, crazy 2022 NFL season that ended with Ronnie Barber. <laughs> Thanks for putting it in the universe, brother. Thanks for putting it in the universe. 100 going back to uh, get his eligibility at Seton Hall. <laughs> Kick returner. Let's do it. <laughs> Guys, it's always a blast. Uh, for my hosts, Tiki Barber, Rondé Barber, everybody else here at Superbook Sports, we've only got seven months to go, and we'll do it all again. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of Betting with the Barbers. You've been locked into the Betting with the Barbers podcast. Ten, five, touchdown, Tiki Barber. Presented by Superbook Sports. Featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber. And featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today and never miss out on the Barber Twins weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.